Good evening and welcome to NUFC Matters with me, Steve Wraith, and it's ladies night. Uh, good evening, ladies. How are you? Hi. Hi. Sav, um, wow, what a what a what a change from last week, isn't it? We, we had the anticipation of a takeover last week. Now we've uh, now now it's all a bit doom and gloom. Or is it? Or is it? What what's your what's your take on what's happened over the last few days? Who knows? I mean, I did think for a start when people were saying, oh, you know, this could be resurrected. I thought, you know, this is like the denial phase of, you know, the grieving process. And, you know, then you see the statement tonight. Who knows? Honestly, you can't you can't call it, can you really? Definitely not. Definitely not. Katie, I've got to be I've got to be honest. I howled at some of the responses you had on Twitter. Um, you put a tweet out, didn't you? And I, it's funny because I've mentioned it to somebody. It might have been my dad about um, you know we always always remember when John Lennon got shot or Kennedy got shot or when the twin towers went down. And you put up a tweet, didn't you, the other day? And you got some great responses. Oh yeah, it was amazing. I just thought it's because obviously it, everyone was going back to with Shira all over. Where were you when we shined Shira? So I was like, where's everyone at? What were they doing when we? Obviously, heard about the takeover collapse, and uh, the amount of wives that were completely ignored. Like, I literally, I think some of them must be down for grounds for divorce. Someone was sat um, buying. I think my favourite one was someone was in um, sophology buying a sofa, and he found out, and he just sat on the sofa beyond glum, and all of the staff were just apologising to him, and then he's like, "I don't think I could ever sit on the sofa again." And he's obviously, I just literally, absolutely amazing. It was my favorite. I think it's my favorite tweet I've done, to be fair, because I was just howling constantly. It got a lot of traction, and it was very funny. So, in uh, let's let's go around the let's go around the table. Yeah, Sab, where were you when you heard the news? I was in the garden picking up my dog's poo. <laughs> like, just <laughs> if you can get to a more depressing moment, you're out there doing a job that you don't even want to do, and then you see that it was like brilliant. <laughs> Samantha, where were you? I was uh, I was working, so I've been working from home, and I, I was just about to go on a video call, and uh, I always have Sky Sports News on the background, story broke, and, uh, you know, how do you react to it? I got really angry, a red face, you know, tears in the eyes, and then I had to go on video conference and pretend it was hay fever. Like... <laughs> <laughs> Katie, where were you then? Um, well, I've been working from home and my laptop broke. So I went into their office, empty office, one person in. He had my laptop, he had my phone. And then all of a sudden he turned around and told me. And I was like, what? Snatched my phone, stormed off. Just in, went into a massive huff. <laughs> I think I just sat on, on my own. Well, obviously on my own because there's no one in the office. And I just didn't want to talk to anybody. I wasn't interested. Now, Kendall, I don't think you were in the zoo on this occasion, but we will come to that. Where, where were you when the news broke? I was sat with foils on my hair because I was getting my hair done since about six months ago I had my hair done. <laughs> and my phone was lying face flat on like the bench underneath the mirror. And I could see my phone going crazy. And I was like, what is going on? I, just was like, oh, I was only on Twitter five minutes before. And then I was like, could see my phone going crazy. I was like, oh, Becky, my hairdresser. Shout out to Becky, by the way. Um, I was like, Becky, can I just check my phone? She was like, yeah, no bother. I was sat with Gick Foils out here. And I was like, either takeovers off. And everyone in the hairdressers was like, who? <laughs> and I was just sat like, looking at myself in the mirror, already ugly with like a million files on my head, like looking like, this is just, this is just not the way I wanted this day to go at all. 
Yeah, not good. Sav, we've already come to you about what your views on the takeover. Sam, what about what about yours? And when you when you saw the news, and you've you've had you've had a couple of days now for it to sink in, but there's been a few twists and turns since then. We'll come to the Ruben brothers thing um, next. What, what what was your view when you heard about it? Were you surprised? Were you relieved? Um, is it for me? Yeah. I think I've gone through a lot of emotions. You know, I think when we talked last week, I was quite sure that there was still a lot that was going to happen. When the statement went out, I was very surprised. But again, you know, reading the wording of it, I think it was quite particular. When Mike Ashley put a statement out again, it was very particular. So there's been a lot of talk today, especially after the Ruben brothers, that it feels like there's a plan. It feels like there's been a conversation. Something's happened, I think, between all the interested parties. Um, and it feels like, you know, the the way that they've gone about it in terms of talking about the area, talking about the investment, talking about get the fans involved. You know, I think they're trying to put pressure on a decision being made because, you know, so much of the anger on Twitter is that, that it was rejected when it wasn't. You know they were going to sit across the table and not have a decision made so somebody had to blink so i i feel like there is something that will still happen i don't know what that'll be but i just think everything that's coming out at the minute is a very strategic plan katie what did you make of the interview that uh, amanda and mia dad did with uh, george colton because that was you know that was their chosen form of um getting the message out getting their side of the story out first time round. Um, about the three, the three bids that were rejected by Mike. So they've gone down the same avenue again with George at the Athletic. What did you make of the article? But to be fair, I, I like the fact that they're coming out and they're actually speaking to us because nobody else seems to ever do that, especially Ashley. So I like the fact that they, they are, they're very keen. They're very keen on Newcastle. They're very, they show a lot of support to the actual supporters. And the fact that they brought that out, explained how upset they were, how it's all they wanted, what they were doing, hoping that they were obviously still go forward and actually just giving some light to what the situation is because we've not heard anything for 17 weeks. I thought straight away, as soon as I heard it collapsed, I was like, right, that's it. The Premier League have rejected it. I didn't for a lot, I didn't think at all that the Saudis would have pulled. And I think that because they've come out and they've actually given some more information as to what kind of hoops they were trying to jump and what they did actually jump through, I thought it was actually probably the right thing today, to be fair. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, it was a good interview. And, and as you say, communication is the key. And it's certainly something that I know that Amanda and me had would, would want to push along with, uh, you know, the, the consortium <laughs> if I was to go through. Um, Kendall, uh, from, from your perspective, the, the interview that Amanda did, you know, it said that she was quite emotional. You know, you know. Do you think that's a good thing, or do you think that's a bad thing to show that? Because we we had we had the article in the the newspapers when she was in court against Parkies that she'd she'd broken down, and you know, uh, onions had made Amanda stably cry. I think it was the headline or something along those. Is it a good thing that do you think the way that's portrayed, or does it play into some kind of stereotypes? Um. Well, I do. If you didn't obviously know prior to that that she had like cried in court under like with the Barclays case and things like that, um, you'd probably think like, oh, she actually cares. She's really like invested her own personal self into like the takeover and getting to know the fans and getting involved with the fans and stuff. Um, obviously, it probably is part of that because I guess we, as we 
we all know we don't really know what's gone on. Um, her coming out with that, the Ruben brothers coming out with their statement this tonight, and um, makes me feel like obviously, in terms of like who it was when the deal broke down, it was clearly Piff's side, of, you know, point of view. Um, so I do feel like she probably has got a bit of a personal interest in it. But as you say, it's happened before. We can't really feed off anything like that. Um, unfortunately, other people will feed into it if they don't know what has gone on before. Um, but yeah, I think sometimes it's just you just can't take things at face value, really. Now, when you left the show last week, you didn't tell us you were going to be moonlighting on Sky. Um <laughs> But they caught, they caught you out, they caught you on the hop, you were at the zoo. I literally was sat in the tiger enclosure in the Asia part of Whipsaid Zoo, sat in the tiger enclosure with my headphones in, hoping that no one was going to walk past with like a three-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> it was just sat like being so angry, like practically crying over the takeover, and then it was literally just like five metres away, there was just like tigers just sat there. <laughs> yeah, but the interview I did in the sky, obviously, 30 minutes was recorded and only 30 seconds was used um and i've been getting loads of messages saying like well if you're not interested about the season why are you bothered about the transfer budget and like it's hard to sit you can't just be like well i'm done with football altogether like you you can't do that you can be sort of uninterested and not looking forward to the season but still care so yeah, yeah it was um it was nice to like have a platform obviously to speak on the whole thing but n not all of the interviews ever used so it's just a little bit of trying to get it across. Yeah, you did very well, and I think all the girls agree as well. You, you did, you did, you did the Newcastle fans proud. So well done with that. Um, Sav, uh, obviously, we're we're going to come back to you now with the Ruben Brothers statement, which which broke about what about an hour and a half ago, I think. Put it out. Um, I would say it was pretty positive, wouldn't you? Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. But the problem, you know. They've put themselves back on the table. I think that the way I feel is that they wanted a reaction from the fans to help try and tilt the balance and put the, you know, re-put it in. And, you know, I think they genuinely want the best for the club and the whole Newcastle area. You know, that's basically what it said. Yeah, yeah, I think it's um, I think it's a positive. But you know, what what's happening now is, of course, and we're seeing it on social media, lots of people are getting excited and carried away. Yeah, I, I've said I said to you before we came on air. I, I just feel like cutting off from any, anything to do with the takeover and just moving on. And, and if it happens, it happens, you know. Because I don't think I could go through another six or seventeen weeks of this kind of uh, this kind of torture, you know. Um, I turned into a borderline alcoholic. I need to stop. Just <laughs> <laughs> the stress. I think the good thing about it that's come out, though, and I've, I've said this online, is that you know, essentially, Sav, at least we know now one hundred percent that. Yeah. Mike he wants to sell the football club, you know. It's a simple we, we we all doubted this. Most people, you know, who supported Newcastle doubted that he really wanted to sell it. And every now and then when a transfer window came round, we would see clubs up for sale, somebody somebody interested, and it would just turn out to be a fake over. Whereas at least we know now Mike Ashley definitely wants to sell Newcastle United. Yeah, that's a good thing. Yeah. Samantha, um, back to you. The Ruben statement, as you mentioned slightly earlier. Again, what's your take on it? Um, I think it's positive. Um, you know, I've had a few conversations with people on Twitter around the reason for them putting it out. I think it's part of a plan. I think they've, you know, they've they've got something that they're working on, and each person playing their part in it. Um, you know, they're already invested in the area. Um, you know they're not interested in 
going for the majority share themselves for whatever reason. Um, it might make people a little bit more comfortable if they they were the the main party. But you know what? Everything keeps the pressure on the Premier League. Um, as I said before, they didn't make a decision. I feel like they, you know, we still need to progress towards that. So, you know, they have a reason for every statement they're putting out. It does give a little bit of hope to the fans as long as we don't take it too far. Um, but, you know, it keeps the visibility there. It keeps us being talked about and it keeps the pressure on. And that's all you can hope for. Yeah. Martin, in the answer to your question, PIF at this moment have pulled out. So I don't think they would have had to go to them to ask that. Derek, great idea in principle, but there is a pandemic on. Um, 30,000 people outside St James's Park. I don't think we can really condone that at the moment. Daniel says, who thinks it's looking positive in terms of getting the takeover to happen? Well, as I say, we don't want to get too carried away. Guys. We've, just, we've just had that ticking clock removed. I don't think we want another one put up. Um, Katie, did you, uh, did you, obviously on Twitter, did you see the guy down at the Premier League today? Oh, yeah. What's he called? Tyler, Tyler McGill? Yeah, he's took a big he took a bit of stick, hasn't he? Um, yeah, he's and taken massive stick. So many people saying that they're embarrassed by him. Yeah, I thought he actually did. I thought he actually came across very well and did everything by the book. And I don't think he deserves the abuse. I mean, fair play to him. He's gone down on his own accord at his own time. And yeah. I, thought, I thought he was quite humorous, actually. I, I, I loved it. I thought, well, to be fair, I thought, how boring is the reception at the Premier League? It's literally the dullest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> That decor that needs sorting completely, as well as the rest Wasn't of the league. No, I, <laughs> I looked at it. I was like, "Is this, is this a fake, like a, a like a building just for now or something?" But I loved it. I loved the fact that he was so polite. Um, he was he was very a case of, "Oh, I'll, I'll switch my phone off." Um, he's got a mate there now. I saw someone there with a Shima mm. shirt earlier. Put a picture on. Um, but I don't understand why, why people are taking the, the mick out of him. He, he's gone down because he wants to try and help. If, if he wants to do that, he can do that. I don't necessarily... He did say... So one of, I saw one of his videos saying that there's going to be 20,000 fans down. Um, I think the last thing, to be fair, that we need right now is to be blamed for a second wave of COVID because you know it will head straight to us. Um, yeah. If we'll get the blame for it completely. But I think good on him. If he, He's gone down. He's done what loads of people said they wanted to do. And he's actually done it in a really um, positive manner. And he's been so polite. I don't think many of us would have been that polite at all in the slightest. I think there would have been a lot of uh, choice words. Yeah, Kendall, I mean, the, the girl on reception was even quite, you know, she was quite polite. I mean, it's a tough thing to do nowadays, you know, to face up to people when you don't really want to. And, um, you know, she, she was quite polite anyway, wasn't she? she you know, she gave him a rejection. Yeah, she was. And you know what? The, the funniest part about that whole thing was, yes, I've seen a few of our fans call it cringe and call it embarrassing and that, but the most people that's complained about are the Sunderland fans. And I'm mm -hmm. going to be like, why are you so bothered? Like, it's literally put us in and they're like, oh, look at the cringe, what's going on here? Like, that's so embarrassing. And I just think, like, why is it embarrassing? Like, we actually want to take, like, responsibility and go down and try and do something about this whole takeover. Like, it's not embarrassing. He obviously didn't feel embarrassed about it. Otherwise, he wouldn't have done it. He wouldn't have posted it. So why should people feel, like, embarrassment on behalf of him? Like, yeah, he should... Uh, no, sorry, go on, Kendall. 
no, I'm Justin, he shouldn't feel embarrassed on behalf of him. I think he's done a good job. He's basically done what no one else probably would dare to do and enter into like the lion's den, basically. And I say hats off to to be honest. Yeah, I agree. Sav, what, I mean, you know, he's getting a bit of social media stick. It's been it's been out in force again as well, hasn't it, over the over the last few days. People's people choose to take that the disappointment over over the takeover, you know, coming to a halt, if you like, by by having a go at other people. Yeah, I think it's unnecessary. He made me laugh because he replied to one of my tweets this morning, inviting me down and telling me about the cut price travel lodges. And everyone was like, do you like the travel lodge? I was like, no, I'm more of a Premier Inn sort of person. But no, I think he's doing a great job. And you know what? You're always, it's social media. You're always going to get, you know, negativity. Whatever you do, you're never right. So, you know, he's down there. He's passionate about wanting, you know, he's gone down there. So, I don't, you know, he's been polite. He's done all the right things. I didn't, that second woman that he dealt with at the Premier League, she was a bit smug, weren't she? You yeah. know, I just, he's, he said he's going to spend the week down there. Good on him. Yeah, well, yeah, fair. <laughs> if he's got a week off and that's where he's going to spend his time, then good luck to him. I, I thought it was great. The guy who came out from Prudhoe, I don't know whether you watched that. The guy oh, who yeah, said, I did. He came out, he, he did he's some of People in London do this, Samantha. Where you know, whenever you go down and you're a Jory, uh, they always then repeat your accent to you. So it's, the, the first thing they say is either how are man or why I man. You go, where are you from? Oh, I'm from Newcastle. Oh, why I man? Gotta be honest, I don't think any of us genuinely do that on a regular basis. Like. <laughs> No, it's absolutely mental. But I mean, yeah, what did you take of it, Samantha? Do you think it was? Do you think it was a good thing for the guy to do? Each to their own. I mean, who are we to judge what he does? If he keeps himself and others safe, then he's just showing his passion. He has the time to go down there and do it. You know, he was respectful. There's absolutely no problem with that. I don't think people should be giving him grief. You know, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything. I think he's had a lot of support. I think he's made a lot of people smile, and that's his way to express it. So just leave them to it. Yeah, I would agree 100% with that. Uh, guys, when you're watching the show, please just click the thumbs up and give it a share just so we can increase the audience. That would be great. Brandon Weir says, Steve, what's your honest opinion of all of this? Can you please just give us a couple of minutes to say where you think we are, please? Well, you know, I've had I've had a say on social media, Brandon, but essentially, you know, PIF have withdrawn. That's it. It's as, it's as simple as that. And I think what we're seeing now is a little bit of pressure from Mike Ashley, obviously with his statement by Lee Charlie, uh, the Rubin brothers, today, and Amanda and Mia Dad, of course, have had their say regard PCP. Um, you know, I think they've done as best they can to put it out there. Everybody knows what the situation is now. Do I think the deal can be resurrected? Yes, I do. Um, I think what has to happen now, as the supporters trusted out yesterday after their conversation with Amanda, is you know there needs to be pressure put on the Premier League, and that's not something which anyone uh, is driving. PCP aren't driving that. The Rubens aren't driving that. Mike Ashley's not driving that. That needs to come from the supporters off their own back. And you know the, there is a petition out there which is which is increasing in numbers. I think it was up to something like sixty odd thousand uh, earlier. I've, I've been busy the last couple of hours. It may well have gone past that. And if it has, fantastic. Uh, some people saying, is that the right petition to sign? I think what this is about is a numbers game. I think if we can get that petition to 100,000, that's a hell of a lot of people supporting this. And I think that's what you need to make a statement. Um, that can be recognised at government level. Um, I don't think that petition can be. The Queen's.org one is not one that gets read in parliamentary terms. However, 
it will be a big message to the uh, to the government, but it will also be a, it will also be some useful ammo to your local MP. So if you've got a local MP, whether whether you're in Gateshead or Grantham, then getting your local MP to write a letter to the Premier League expressing your dismay at this takeover not going through um, and what it's doing to you. And I've seen some fantastic letters going out on social media. That's what this is all about. And I think emailing the Premier League, writing a letter to the Premier League, and uh, and signing the petition. That's that's you know that's what you can do. And I think. Um, I think what happened today when uh, the, the, that yeah, that lad was down at the Premier League was the, the woman who answered the door at the reception. She actually said, when when she when he asked for Richard Masters, she went, "Well, have you written a letter? Have you written an email?" You know, it was very condescending. But mm. what that told me was, this is getting to the Premier League. The admin yeah. staff are getting swamped now, and after that was it. That was a little bit for us as as a fan base. So the other thing I would say, and I'm going to discuss this with the girls now, is. The Supporters Trust, um, many of you probably saw me come out and say something last night about, um, you know, about the Trust uh, putting out, putting, well, Mark Douglas putting the story out with regards to the Trust speaking to Amanda Stately. Um, I stand by that and I spoke to Alex Hurst today. I'm friends with Alex. I was on the Trust I hope, uh, and I'm still a member of the Trust. Um, but I do feel occasions that some things are best kept you know, behind closed doors, a private conversation with people who were involved in such a high-profile big deal with our football club should remain a private conversation. It can be used as, you know, maybe it's an opportunity to, to increase membership by saying, look, we're the biggest, biggest organisation, this is what we should be doing. Look, I've made the point, I didn't, I didn't, you know, you know, I maybe didn't put it across in the best way. I was more upset that Mark Douglas had gone out and put it out there. But that's their choice. They explain why they've done it. And I think, you know, I, I am a great believer in unity amongst the fan base. Um, I'm very privy to some of the fallouts that have gone on. I had a long-standing one with somebody, which I rectified a few years back. I'm not going to name that person. That helped massively with the fan base. And I think there's a couple of other little issues which need to be addressed between certain fans. And I think if they can be rectified, I think the fan base will unify a great deal. And I think that's what we need to do. And I think we also need to make sure that we communicate with the younger fan base because they've been missed out. Um, us over 40s and some who are over 50s, you know, because we've been through more wars than, than most of the youngsters, tend to think that we're the experts and we know everything that's right, you know, everything is the right way to go about it. But we should be embracing the youngsters and, and, and helping them and in, in working with them, you know. So that's my say. Uh, Sam, I'll come to you. Um, Supporters Trust, are you a member? And, you know, what's your view on the Supporters Trust? I'm not a member. This is all very new to me. It's the first I've heard of it. Um, it was a couple of days ago and I had a look at it. And, you know what, I'm just sort of edging towards I'm going to sign up to it. Um, yeah. But, I mean, I don't really know because I'm not a member of it. I don't I don't see anything through it. And I think, Kendall, you said about that you'd got an email from it the other day. And I thought maybe that I should, you know, that's what sort of prompted me to have a look at it. But, you know, I don't really know anything about it, to be fair. That's fair enough. Kendall, I'll come to you because Sab's brought you into it. Uh, are you a member? Yeah, I've been a member for a few years now. Um, just because I, I knew a lot of people who were um, members of it as well. And when the whole, when the takeover bid was last year, um, the fake over thing, I, signed, I wasn't a member at the time, but I signed up again. Um, then so I've been a member since then um, and it is in a good way I do agree with you like 
yeah, it looks as if like it's like a publicity sort of thing to get more members and to say like look like we're the ones who are going to get the confidential information and the exclusive interviews and stuff. But again, our echo sentiments completely. I put a tweet out earlier saying if the fans come together, like imagine what we can achieve. Like we're all constantly at each other's throats, and right now is the time where we need to come together as a fan base, regardless of if you think it's cringy, regardless if you don't agree with some the petition regardless of anything right now is the time to come together and just imagine what we could actually achieve with how many fans there is of the club and just coming together as one i think that's what we all need to do now put differences aside and just get answers good stuff samantha are you a member of the club i am um kind of you know the the, the same as was just said I've, I've been a member for a while as a as a fan from Northern Ireland, you know, I try to get involved in as many things as I can. And, you know, I kind of saw the conversation that you had last night and I appreciate it where it came from. I also took the view that, you know, it's not a bad idea at this time to get more people involved because I do think that they are something that can unite us and give us one voice together. I think that they have that influence. I think that they have that ability um, to be privy to more information than we are. There's a frustration, yes, that they gave that comment that they'd had interaction with Amanda Stabley because very sensitive time at the minute. And if you're not really going to back it up with more information about what was discussed other than what's already been published, then, you know, people are going to take a negative view on that. So sometimes it's better not to say anything. But I do think people should sign up. I think that that you need to get behind them because at the minute we we need to be together and we need to be a voice together and fighting together and you have a lot of different twitter groups that have you know tried to do several things and that hasn't quite worked for whatever reason so i think they i think they're the one that we should all get involved in from my opinion yeah and, and the good thing about the trust of course is that recognized by the premier league and yeah. United have to meet with them, which you know that's what makes it powerful because it, because it's it's a trust and you know, they, they, you know we have to we have to put them to that extent. I just think there's a few things need to be cleaned up behind the scenes, and I'm sure that will happen on Alex's watch. Uh, Katie, are you a member of the trust? Yeah, yeah, um, I'm completely on the fence. I hate being on the fence, but I'm on it. I think there's a certain amount of things that should be kept private, um, but. I think that they are probably one of the main um, things that we have to be able to have that voice towards the Premier League. Um, the more support is that they have on it, perfect. Is it essentially the right time? Should they have been doing this more? Maybe. But um, again, there's some things that you should keep to yourself until you actually have the detail to back it up. And... Um, I just don't. I don't see the harm in people joining it. it. It's another thing that takes two seconds. Well, it took me two seconds. I don't know if it's changed. If you have to fill out loads more stuff now, but I do think that with the link that they do have to the Premier League, they are a really good asset that we have. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, Sav, Derek's point there. Don't you think it's ironic that we could be the saviour in this takeover? I said that the other day, you know, how weird has 2020 got? We're all behind Mike Ashley to get the club sold. <laughs> Let's all support him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's a strange situation, isn't it? Um, it's not to sell the club. There isn't another buyer at the table at this moment in time. Um, you know, surely, you know, 
the Premier League, you know, are, are denying us and denying him the right. And that's, that's you know, it's down to the politics, I think, isn't it? It's, it's simply down to the politics of, of Saudi and they need to find a way around that. Yeah, but then like you say, like with Sheffield United and Man City, you know, they're both, you know, sort of owned clubs like that and there was no issue with them. Yet we get this massive hold up. They sit on it. They don't do anything. And then they just wait for them to pull out. And I think that was what the really frustrating bit was. There was no answer. Yeah. Um, Michael Shockgrass, Samantha, has caused a little bit of a stir today. Um, again, on, on Twitter. And Michael's on the show on a regular basis. Uh, in fact, he was going to do a, a pre-record with us for this week. But he pulled out um, because he's busy with this other, you know, other but, um, what's, your view, what's your views on what Michael put out there? Is that is that something which he should be doing? Do you think? Do you know, it's good to have information, but the same as with the trust, you don't back it up. There's there's really no point. You know, it gets you into the limelight. It gets you a certain amount of positivity, but it also gets you a certain amount of crap coming back. And I felt frustrated. I felt like it gave me a little bit of a boost, but. Ultimately, it meant nothing, and you know we're we have to deal with the news of the, the you know PIF pulling out last week. Unless there's something concrete, we can't have a wait and see. That's not helpful. You know we we talked about mental health. You know you're getting people's hopes up, then they start arguing on Twitter. It was baseless, and then the statement came out, so maybe there was something to it, but it's really not enough. So. You know, I think he's trying to do the right thing, but I, I, I just didn't really think that it helped at the minute. Really important question from John B. For Kim. Uh, how's the puppy doing? And any chance of it coming on the show? A bit like Sav's dog. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe next week. Um, he's okay. He's just gone back from. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> he's just come back from the vets. So I think if some people may have seen. My angry tweet about the breeder was basically just feeding him um, bread and human food. So when we've got him, he's a bit poorly, but he's oh. still completely running around like a headless chicken and going absolutely mental. So he's still happy. So that's okay. Kendall, um, talking about players, ex-players, um, a lot of a lot of talk about that on Twitter today. NUFC Spain says. We had a good rally today. Nearly made us 11 of former players who shared the petition. It's all out of time. Need some defence. Robbie Elliott has a job to do. So, yeah, I mean, off the top of my head, Rob Lee, uh, Robbie Elliott, uh, I know Malcolm McDonald, uh, Joe Allen, um, a couple of more high-profile ones as well as signed the petition. What's, what's your view on that? I mean, not all of them can sign it, can they? No. Um, I do think, obviously, like uh, another comment I just said before, like some of them have contractual obligations and some of them are still obviously related to the club and still do sort of work in an aspect of the club and in football in general. So, obviously, it's understandable that not every single one of them can do it. But if they can, and amazing. And obviously, like you say, there's been high-profile high ones today, like Rob Lee, I saw Gavin Peacock, um, Robbie, Robbie Elliott, and people like that. So, I think it is good to get traction in that respect and um, it'll obviously make other people you know who think it isn't worth signing the petition if ex-players and people who were involved with the club are signing it then obviously I think it'll start gaining more traction and people will be thinking you know what's like 10 seconds of my life to sign it so I do think it's a really good uh, thing that they're doing it. 
Yeah, I think it's well. I, I do as well. I think it's it's you know it's good to see the players owner those who can anyway. Um, as I say, people like Alan Shearer contracted to, to the day can't be involved in things. Contracted can't be involved in any politics or any any criticism of, of, of various things. Steve Howie, I've seen people calling him out to do it. He works for the Premier League. He's a referee assessor. He can't he can't be seen to be in conflict with them. I mean, who's going to pay Steve Howie's wages if? Uh, Steve gets sacked by the Premier League. You know what I mean? It's uh, you know you've got to take that into consideration. Not that the people probably don't agree with the sentiments, but you know that that's the way it is. Ronnie Milne says two of the three buying parties have made a statement apart from the main player. What's your thoughts on that, Steve? Um, I do know, and it's not breaking any confidence at all, that the media were briefed by uh, a spokesman from PIF on the pulled out. Uh, so all the media channels, Sky, BBC, ITV, etc. Had a Zoom conference with PIF on the day, spoken from PIF. So they have been briefed. Maybe they haven't reported it. Maybe they haven't. Not somebody who sits and reads papers. I've got to be honest. There's my question of the night from Nicholas. He says, Did I go to Coleman's today? I had the family down to South Shields. I was on the beach. Can you believe Coleman's was shut? I was very disappointed. Um, but we did. We had to take sandwiches down. An absolute nightmare. I'm sure everybody's can sit in the bed knowing that Steve Wraith didn't get the cold. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm definitely not sleeping tonight now. Exactly. You're not. You've got. You've got. You're sitting in the Bahamas in your flat there with your fan and everything. It is. Uh, well, it is warm. It is warm tonight. Kevin said, "Do you think a peaceful knock on the door at the Premier League HQ can hurt if done in a peaceful way?" Just to say how much we need this to go through. Sav, I've seen a lot of people talking about organising a bus. Now, we've been down this road before, not, and it wasn't on a bus because nobody turned up. But there was, I think people were talking about going down to Ashley's, uh, you know, Ashley's uh, big warehouse, um, you know, to go and do it. And I think I think they got a grand, I think they ordered two, two seaters, and I think people turned up on the gate, and it had to be cancelled. You know, it's not going to happen, is it, a bus down to the Premier League supporters, especially in the pandemic. Yes, exactly. I think that would give a really sort of bad impression if everyone sort of grouped together and went down there in their masses at the moment. Um, no, I don't think that will happen. I mean, there's two down there. You don't know, but I just very much doubt it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think I think you're right. Ben uh, made the point the Premier League never said yes or no, so hopefully government intervention could direct the deal. Samantha, that's right, isn't it? I mean, what we've seen here is PIF make a strategic maybe is what they call it um but the premier league didn't say no yeah i mean that's that's the whole point that a, a lot of fans kind of outside of nefc don't seem to be taken on board and i tweeted something earlier you know it, this is the strategic play i'm waiting to understand who who this is aimed at who can make the decision because richard masters is in my opinion an idiot and he doesn't want to do anything so somebody is going to make this decision and take it out of his hands unless the deal is restructured so you know there, there there's definitely going to be an intervention i believe these are smart people that are investing in the club that have put this deal together they know exactly what they're doing. They will have an end goal with everything that they're doing at the minute. I'm just really curious to understand what it is, but they're they're aiming at it at someone that has influence. Maybe it's the government. Yeah. A lot of people suggesting Brian Johnson and Deck, the true Geordie. Why can't he sign? He's a big influence. But the truth is, Katie, really, that it's not about who signs it. 
as such. It's about how many signatures we get on the petition, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I think um, I saw the true Geordie retweet it or do something on it. Um, yeah. But the thing is, though, you never know whether they may have signed it but are not publicising it because they can't. You see, literally, you go on and you see a few people's names. You can't see everyone who's actually signed it. They, they, they obviously are risking a lot if they are. I've got people to sign it who don't support Newcastle. I've explained why and um, they've signed it. To be fair, I've just said to um, my mate who's a Rangers fan, sign this for me. He understands what it's like to have Ashley. And I just got a response saying, done. Completely agreed. There's been quite a few people on Twitter as well that I've seen. Um, some Liverpool fans um, and there was a Brighton fan all tweeting about oh, the fact that um, they're, they're not interested in the takeover, but they understand the situation which we are in relation to the Premier League and how it's been handled. So it doesn't make a difference. It doesn't have to be all Newcastle fans. It doesn't have to be all Geordies. It literally can be anybody sign it. So don't just do what he says and subscribe and like. Subscribe, like and sign. That should be a new thing. Yeah. Kendall, did it surprise you the the members teams that had apparently stepped in and rejected the takeover or objected to the takeover, should I say? Um, you know, Liverpool and Spurs and Wolves mentioned. You know, yeah. I, I didn't really think that would make much of a difference, but it appears it has. Well, yeah, and it, like obviously, I was reading that it was pretty early on as well. It was roughly about April that they'd actually um, objected to it as well. And at first, I was a bit like, well why does a takeover bother them like i literally didn't understand why and then I, someone had tweeted saying well actually they don't want anyone to compete with they don't want like another you know competition in the premier league as we all know for a good apart from obviously leicester um for a good while now it's pretty much been the top six and that's what it's always been and um, obviously we're getting a few sort of teams like wolves like sheffield united who are fighting their way up now but at first, I was a bit like, well, it's got nothing to do with them. And then I thought, actually, we also um, said that Man City's Euro, uh, Champions League ban should still stand. So I was like, that's got nothing to do with us either. Like, quite frankly, why are we involving ourselves in Champions League stuff? I don't know. Um, but yeah, I think it's obviously they don't want more competition. And that's, that's understandable. That's fair enough. But not obviously on our positive side of things. Yeah, that's fair enough. Uh, Colin Wilson says, could the Ruben brothers and Amanda buy the club outright and bring PIF in at a later date? I've seen another suggestion where people have said, could they not you know, come in and take a loan from PIF? I don't think they want to do that, is my honest opinion. I think PIF, because they go out and they buy everything, you know, everything from you know Disney to, you know, you name it, they've bought lots of things in the last six months, then you know, essentially, why, why shouldn't they be allowed to come in and transparently buy a football club, which is which is ultimately what it's all about. So I don't think I don't think there's any issues with that at all. Uh, Spenny Mag says I've just shared the government petition that has to be read out at the House of Commons. Yeah, that's that's great. I think you see there's two petitions going out there. I don't think there's anything any problems with that, but it's about the numbers. Dan Milne says, yeah, the promoted it in his Newcastle video, um, which which is great. Looking ahead then, I mean the one positive that we've got to have, I suppose, is at the moment in time. Whether it's halted or ended, you know the premier. You know the premiership is is looming again. We're going to be back into pre-season training very shortly. Uh, we're, we're going to be looking at pre-season fixtures, um, and then the, the Premier League kicks off in about five weeks' time. So, you know, does this take the pressure off Steve Bruce a little bit? I think it does to an extent because at the moment there's a conclusion to it. 
you know, he knows that he's now, you know, Ashley's going to be there for a bit longer. Um, you know, there's a budget, you know, we're in the transfer window. When it was left hanging, you know, like I said the other day, you didn't know what sort of budget you're dealing with. It's not in limbo anymore, which in a way I think is easier. Is it the best case scenario that we could have hoped for? Absolutely not. But there is at the moment a line underneath it for at least, you know, a little while. Yeah, I, I mean, hopefully as well. He's had that phone call, we we'll believe now we'll make Ashton. Hopefully there's been a little bit more budget agreed. Yeah, well, you never know. But it's Mike Ashley, so probably not. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I mean, tomorrow it's it's you know it's clear we're going to start the season by the looks of it with Steve Bruce, you know, in charge. Where do you think he needs to strengthen? Flip. Um, I think he needs four quality players. He needs a left back. He needs a, a midfielder with legs. He needs a winger. He needs a striker. Um, you know, Danny Rose. Is happy to sit and collect a paycheck and not play any football at Spurs, which you know we divided fans. We need another left back. You know we've only got Dama unless we rely on Mankio to play on the other side, and we had issues there. If we rely on that, we're letting Yedlin go, so that leaves us with Kraft. I mean, you know we're kind of robbing Peter to pay Paul in the squad already. Uh, we need goals. We need a striker. You know we need four quality signings. We've had some loans talked about. Um, that thirty-five million, that's maybe going to get you one, maybe two decent deals. Probably not champion or Premier League uh, experience. So he's going to have to wheel and deal. And I think it's been talked about on other podcasts. I don't have the same faith in him as I would have had in Rafa to do it. You know, he got us a couple of quality signings. He got us a couple that weren't great, but they were not his first choice targets. Um, you know, Bruce is going to have to call in every contact that he has made. I would like to think that there's maybe something with United we could look at. You know, if they're going to bring in um, another winger that's being talked about at the minute, maybe Daniel James on loan. Um, I, I wouldn't particularly like Jesse Lingard, but he might be an option. He, he really needs to try and call in some favours and call in some contacts because four big players with 35 millions, big ask, but it's needed. Yeah, I've just seen a comment there from Dave. He said, uh, what do we think about there being no coverage, Katie, of this uh, petition on some of the national TV stations? Nothing on BBC, ITV or Sky. I mean, it's more unusual. That, I've got to be honest, through the pandemic, there was, there was very little coverage of the takeover. Well, down here, if I asked someone what the takeover was, they'd ask me what the hell I was talking about. So yeah. I, I, there's nothing down here, and most unless they know spot Newcastle, then half the time they don't know. Um, I'm not surprised, um, to be honest. I think the Premier League have basically got their hands in so many pockets that they're pulling strings, and I think that's probably why they don't want it to get um, a bigger momentum. They want it to stay closed down in the northeast. They want it to just come from there because, as far as they're concerned, that they can get rid of it then, and it'll just brush under the carpet. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uh, you know, it's it's gonna go, it's gonna go on and on. This. Uh, I just hope this doesn't drag on in the next in, into the next few weeks and, and disrupt our season. Uh, Danny Rose, uh, Kendall, we'll come to you on this one. Tim Ken, what's your take on Danny Rose's sarcastic comments? He thinks he's better than what he is, as Tim. Uh, I mean, you know, Danny Rose is. I think he split the he split the fan base a little bit, doesn't he? he he's not a bad player, but. I don't, I don't, I don't think it's worth the money. Certainly, 
No, I don't either. We all know, like, just from following, obviously, England as a football team, Spurs, that he's known for being a winger. Like, for years for of a better word, he whinges about a lot and he's always like, got a lot of negative things to say. Um, to be quite honest, I don't think that should affect you wanting him to sign for your club. If he's good enough, if he's got the quality to sign for your club, I don't think that should obviously affect it. Um, but, yeah, he has split fans. I think he's done an all right job. He's, you know, he's a solid Premier League footballer. As you say, I don't think personally that he's worth the money and I do think we could probably look around Europe for someone of a similar calibre for less money. Um, I haven't got anyone in mind at this point in time, but we probably could. Um, and he's not really, as of this moment, I don't think he's probably going to get anywhere near the England squad anytime soon again, nor the Spurs squad. So he is probably looking for a move. So it's probably a good, you know, good deal for both um, parties really. But... I just think in this current climate, you've just got to shop so cleverly because look at like Nathan Ake from Bournemouth, like Man City bidded 41 million for him. Like uh, what the talks are that we're going to have, what, 45 million altogether, like the whole transfer budget. So I just, I would, I'm very curious to see what happens, to be honest. Sab, a lot of, uh, a lot of love for Jetrule Willems out there. Would you, would you like to see him back if he's fully fit? Definitely. Do you know what? I think he, he interacts with the fans as well, which is nice. You know, not all of them do. Um, I've seen him tweeting about, you know, Newcastle the past couple of days. He was solid for us. And, you know, it's unfortunate about his injury, but I would 100% like to see him back, especially over Rose any day. Yeah, Jason Carter makes a good point that uh, all that uh, Rose has been going on about is one uh, Spurs to find time so he can say goodbye to the fans. So for me, that tells you all we need, you know, all, all we need to know. Uh, Samantha Alan Miller says, surely the state of Newcastle's in, it's going to be hard to attract any players. Is it doing who the owners are or who the manager is or who, uh, or even if Newcastle United will be there? I suppose it's a valid point because you know if the takeover is 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 halted as opposed to off. And you know, some players will be thinking, well, I could go there um, and I could sign for Steve Bruce, but in three or four months' time, might be a new owner. And I'm not sure know. it'll have too much of an impact. Maybe if we had this question last Monday when we didn't know what the state of play was with the takeover, it, it would have been more of a would they, would they not? I think at the minute. I mean, who signs the players that the recruitment team have already been working once they were brought back from furlough on a designated list of targets that maybe Steve Bruce has put something into, maybe they haven't. I mean, those talks will already have taken place with agents. It's not like you make a bid and that's the first time that you talk about whether they want to sign for the club. All that work's done in advance of a bid going in these days. So they will know who's interested and who isn't. And it may take a little bit more money to get them to sign because there may be something that happens but I don't think the players that we are looking at are going to have much of an issue they will want to come for first team football and the one thing that frustrates me and will frustrate me is they may come as a stepping stone to another move which is something that Rafa kind of stopped from happening I think that's back in play now so we may get players that want to play for xyz reason which isn't necessarily the shirt but it's looking to the future and you know that's just where we are again so we will get players but i don't necessarily think they'll be there for the long haul aside from the takeover 81 for you there daniel fox says uh, can you see some maximum pain if the takeover doesn't happen 
Oh god, I, I don't want to think about it. I, I literally just don't want to think about it. Obviously, takeover doesn't happen. Ashley is renowned for selling our best players because he obviously wants the money in. ASM would bring lot great money in, and he would be fantastic with um, other players. But I don't know. I think every fan kind of thinks in the back of the mind. We might lose him, but he seems to have this form of connection towards Newcastle and you cling on to that. Um, I'd love him to stay. I'd, I'd really want him to stay. Um, I think that he's just he's just going to get better. I think that um, he needs somebody up front um, and then a connection with um, a, a great striker would make the an unbelievable force. But um, I don't know. And I'm, I'm absolutely petrified if he does go. Yeah, me too. You'd love to see some maximum steer. Dubrovka as well, I suppose, uh, Kendall. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think I don't know if I said last week, but I think there's only probably four, maybe maximum of five players, if there was going to be a squad overhaul, for example, that I wouldn't want to see go. Um, I know, obviously, Almiron's had a lot of interest from, especially Atletico Madrid, um, but that's sort of been dead in the water now. That's agreed that that's not official interest at all. Um, I'd like to see Almiron stay. I'd like to see Dubravka stay because he has saved us in so many situations and what a bargain he was. Um, obviously, love to see Saint Maximin stay because uh, you know we've got nothing if we don't have him. We've got no creativity whatsoever. And luckily for us, uh, as I understand, we, he hasn't got a buyout clause in his contract um, stated, so it obviously does leave the sort of ball in our court because the club can't just come in and be like, right, well, there's. 30 mil, you know, we've got him, so it does leave the ball in our court a bit. But yeah, definitely, I would love to see him stay in the Bradford as well. Yeah, me too. Jonathan Ward says, I know it's ifs and buts, and maybe do you think if Richard Scrooge always still in charge of the Premier League, the Tiago would, would have been accepted? I really don't know, mate. I think I think one of, the, one, of the, one of the things that really stood out to me was that the owners and directors test has actually been changed uh, over the last five years. So, you know, the, the Man City deal, the Chelsea deal, you know, way back in the day when Abramovich came in. It's, you know, had had the PIF taken that owners and directors, this deal would have been past no issues. But, uh, you know, that's it's and buts in the past now. There's, there's nothing we can do. Last 10 minutes of the programme, ladies, what I would like to do is um, essentially just have a look at, like, the season gone by uh, before we start looking ahead to next season. So, so with you, Sav, first of all, just want to want to talk about the, um, you know, your, your favourite game of last year. Um, do you know what I really liked, and I think it might have been because I had so much expectations for the restart. That Sheffield United one. I'm sure it's because they had one less player than us, but it was really enjoyable to actually see us being able to score goals and looking like you know we wasn't half bad. If I'm being honest, um, yeah, that one. Yeah, uh, player of the season? De Bracca. I know everyone says St Max and, you know, I think there's scope for him to be absolutely amazing. Um, but De Bracca, I think he just saves us in so many situations. Season, do you think it was a success or a failure? Um, <laughs> I think it was just typical Newcastle season, weren't it, really? Oh, you can't say that's a success. You know, we didn't get relegated, so it's not a complete failure. But sometimes I sit and watch the matches and I could literally fall asleep with the state of play that's going on. Yes, Amanda, same question. 
<laughs> we'll come to that in a minute. Samantha, what's, you know, same question to you. What was your favourite game of last season? I mean, there weren't there weren't many great ones, you know, probably one of the last minute wonders. I, I would say it was the draw against Everton because I, I can't stand Jordan Pickford. Um, it just absolutely broke me how, <laughs> how he, you know, he was pretty much responsible for that last minute barrage. Um, you know, I, I didn't watch it, but I was following it on Twitter and I was so frustrated. And then all of a sudden it went to 2-1 and I was like, what's going on here? And all of a sudden it was 2-2. And then when I started seeing the clips of the goals coming through and, and everything from that, that, you know, was brilliant. The other one I would say is uh, the 1-0 against Chelsea with Hayden in the last minute. But the majority of the games, football's just been dire, uh, aside from when the other team has 10 people. Um, my my favourite player... I go against a, a bit against the grain. It's not ASM and the Bradford's been good, but mine would be Fernandez. And it would have been Hayden if he hadn't had his injury. But you know, you look at those last games after restart when all of our central defenders ended up getting injured. And this guy's in his 30s, he's just turned 30, and he played every single minute of every single game with all sorts playing beside him when we reverted back to back three. Um, so for me, I mean, he just edged it for me because of the fact that, yeah, he made a few mistakes during the season, but but from restart, you know, he was he was the last man standing, marshalling our really weak and poor defence. So, you know, he would be my shout for for cap, you know, vice captain next season. Um, so yeah, that's those are my thoughts. And what about what about you know the season overall? Was it a was it a success to you or was it a failure? Well, we're, we're expecting that the biggest failure was Steve <laughs> I think I touched on this last week, and uh, you know it was the same comment as before. It's it's a Newcastle season. Um, we came into it not knowing how it would be, but fearing the worst. We didn't get relegated. You know we had a very very lucky cup run where. Bruce bottled it against City and for the rest of the season. So um, it, it, it was okay. We didn't get relegated. But, I mean, without some good deals this season, I can't see it being much better next season. I think it's just always a race to 40 points. Um, you might get a couple of standout players, maybe one or two standout games. But it's just, it's boring. It's predictable. Um, and very difficult to watch. Katie, same to you then. Uh, first of all, favourite game of last season? Right, well, this is when it's going to go really weird because my favourite game was the, the the Liverpool game. Right. Um, and the reason was, was because at about one minute into the game, obviously we scored at 26 seconds, I fell asleep. So we were amazing. <laughs> Um, from what I saw of that game, we were absolutely spot on. So, if I look at it from that point, it was my favourite game. Um, if I look at it from the season, um, I don't know. I think I think I can't not like a game where we beat United and I live here. So, uh, but that was probably it. Um, I'm again, I'm different to everybody else as well. My favourite player um, has been Hayden. Um, mm -hmm. I thought Hayden's had a great season when he's been on. Um, obviously, he had a red, um, but everybody fucks up. Every, oops. It's all right. 
Wolverine, you don't worry, you're not on Sky, so it's all right. <laughs> um, everyone, everyone makes mistakes, everyone messes up. I mean, it, it just happens. I mean, you missed it. Didn't you miss a, a, basically a setup? But um, I think he's been fantastic. I think he's he's had a great season. Um, it makes me nervous because obviously there's lots of talk because um, I, I, I don't really know much about it, but I think his family lives down south and he wants to go back down there. Um, yeah. I don't want him to go. I'd quite happily go and tie him up to keep him um so yeah that that's probably it the season itself it depends how you look at it if you look at it and you thought that right we're going to get relegated then it's been a success because we haven't and we made it further in the fa cup than a pop probably we most people thought um and i think a lot of people obviously forget the fa cup the fact that we got that far if you look at it the fact that you wanted us to do better we've had a shocking season but if you look at it as a bog standard you Castle fan, it's been the exact same as Christ knows how many years, so mm. there's not much difference to it now. The only difference, probably from last season, is that the games were a little bit more entertaining. Is that because of COVID? We did have a better half of the season to start with, we were we were playing better. Um, we had some obviously a massive catfish with Joe Linton. Um, I, I, I was 100% certain that he was going to be the player of the year, he was going to be the top <laughs> goal scorer, not John Joe. Um, but <laughs> all the catfish, was it like the friendlies before the preseason friendlies? Wasn't Joe Linton scoring in most of them? Yeah, he did. Three scores in training all the time. A season starts, and then it's a case of what's this, what's this thing down here? A goal? I don't know what the hell that is. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I think I, I, I'm up. I, I don't know what to think for next season because it's all depending on obviously if the takeaway does go through who we actually have in the squad because we need a full squad um, overhaul. And uh, and Bruce needs to work out what formation he wants to play because he seems to not have a clue and to change it. And it doesn't change during the games either, which is annoying. I'm going to stop ranting now. <laughs> well, listen, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. The good thing about this show is that, you know, it shows the passion that you've all got. Kendall, come, come to you, uh, finally, last but not least. Uh, Two questions to you about the, the season, etc. Um, I think my favourite game was definitely when we beat Man United and Matty Longstaff scored because obviously he's scoring on your debut is perfect for a local lad to score his debut. I know his parents from when I worked at the club um, and they used to watch Matty a lot, so it was so nice for me to see their two sons start and for Matty to score. Um, what What's going to happen with Matty from this point onwards, we don't know. Um, hopefully he stays at the club. I don't think it's looking likely right now, but so that was definitely my favourite game, just for sentimental value and how much we rattled Man United that day. Because the honestly, from M, I think it was what they call it, MUFC TV or whatever, um, on the on Twitter was hilarious. Like they literally hated us. They were so triggered about like about all it. I was honestly in tears at that. So that was just fantastic. That was my favourite game. Um, player of the season for me, I think echo sentiments of the girls there. Um, obviously, standout player Saint Maximin, of course, just for the fun and his interaction with the fans off the pitch. Um, Dubravka for saving us. Hayden, I just want to say about Hayden, the dedication that he's shown to the team, in spite of everything that's been going on in his personal life. I know his, his fiance wasn't very well, and he just had a re like a newborn daughter. Um, and he still gave absolutely 150% of the club and I, I rate him so much for that um, and I really hope that he does stay because I know obviously last year he, there was talk of Aston Villa and things like that, him moving closer at home but I would love to see him stay at the club 
Um, but for me, just personally, my favourite player has been St Maximin, um, just because I think it's just brought a flair that nobody else has brought to the club since probably Ben Arthur for me. Um, but yeah, and as the girls say, in terms of a successful season, it's been a successful season because we've stayed up. Um, we all, as I said last week, I tweeted when Steve Bruce was appointed that we were going to get relegated by Christmas. Um, so for me, it was successful in that respect. Um, but we haven't progressed. We are still, every year, fighting for 40 points, fighting for safety, 14th, 13th. And that's not good enough for me. So if you want a team to progress and do better season on season, then you need to be fighting for better. You need to be, you know actually looking to do something more and yeah the football at times this season has been absolutely diabolical to watch um so i really just hope next season there's something to actually watch like <laughs> because like we kind of be falling asleep one minute into a game like and uh even the last game of the season the liverpool game i switched it off and watched west ham because i thought wait there's now a watch we safe it's boring so yeah, yeah definitely not looking forward to next season at all in the current circumstances, but I'll still be there, likely. Yeah, I've got to be honest, you know, watching the games, it wasn't great. But, you know, I think one thing I've noticed that one of the Swedish guys who I had on the international show on Sunday, which you can watch back on the channel, he's only he's only, he's only a young lad. He's only been sporting Newcastle for the last four years, 2016. And he, he posted a video today, uh, young Max, and it was uh, the Swedish magpie. And it was... Um, the winner, I think, against Everton won 3-2. And it was just, you know, the euphoria and the jumping up in the crowd. And I got my hairs up at the back of my neck, just thinking, God, I just kind of wait to be back in the ground and doing that again, you know. And that's been the biggest, that has been a big miss, you know, just being able to go to St. James's Park and do that, you know. But, uh, listen, great to have you on again, ladies. It's been an absolutely great show. The hour's flown over. Um, thanks very much for coming on again and looking forward to getting you back on next Tuesday. Um, with Newcastle United, God knows what will happen by next uh, by, <laughs> by next, uh, next Monday. Sorry, so look forward to seeing you. Have a good week and stay safe. Yeah, bye. Thanks, bye. Sam. Take care. See you later. Great to have you on, girls. And, uh, I'll be back tomorrow night uh, with Liam Kennedy from the Shields Gazette. Uh, back on at six o'clock till seven. A uh, little bit further on in the week, Wednesday will be uh, me and Lee Clark. I will have to pre-record that though because the kids are on holiday and uh, I've got to get out and have a, a little bit of uh, family time. So uh, that is Wednesday. Thursday, we're hoping to have Supermac and John Gibson on live. And then on Friday, we're back to the Three Amigos for a two-hour special. Uh, so that's the week. Uh, we will be on all week as usual. Please give it a like. Hit the thumbs up button. Uh, please give it a share. And can you also uh, subscribe if you haven't already, if you're a new visitor. But thanks, thanks very much for all your kind comments. Thanks for all your questions. And I will see you all tomorrow night. Have a good night. Stay safe.